Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Series with Kevin, where we add value to people's lives. Happening every Monday, Wednesday and Thursday on uh, at on easebizradio.com at 12 o'clock, guys. You can catch the Lunchtime Series on all major podcast channels uh, and for our Lunchtime Marketing segment, proudly supported by Hollard Insurance, hashtag big ads for small businesses. As per usual, marketing and communications expert, Craig Pagely. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing well, Kevin. Yeah, thanks. Good to be chatting again. And uh did you know that it's our 40th consecutive show oh, today? Wow. <laughs> yeah. 12, 12 more, and then we've got a year under the belt, eh? Man, that's exciting. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's amazing. Craig, so last week we covered the topic <clears throat> of uh, artificial intelligence, as you know, and uh, this is one of the favorite topics and an area of development that I have had a huge interest in, especially around uh, how far AI will evolve before it's deemed bad AI. Yeah, yeah, quite rightly so, Kevin. And as you know, I'm always mentioning the the, the need for some kind of regulatory body to establish um, where that divergence between good and bad AI is and and who's the moderator in, in this particular space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we continue with the show today, can you share with us uh, a little bit of uh, some of those takeaways that we had from last week's conversation? Absolutely, Kevin. So I want to touch on the definitions and types of AI again, because there were some really key takeouts from that conversation last week and, and, and getting to understand the concepts and important points. So, so let's start off with that. So artificial intelligence is the simulation of human intelligence processes by machines, especially computers, and that specific application of AI includes expert systems, natural language process, NLP, speech recognition, and, and machine learning. And interestingly, the definition goes quite a bit deeper from AI to machine learning to that deep learning that we spoke about. So let's just quickly expand on, on, on the three uh, concepts. So if, if one looked at three concentric rings, outer ring, middle ring, and smaller ring, the outer ring represents AI, which you know is the umbrella term for machine learning and, and machines that are capable of perception, logic, and learning. The next or, or, or sort of middle inner ring represents machine learning, which employs the algorithms that learn from data. And as we've discussed, big data inputs. So the machine learning employs algorithms that learn from data to make predictions or decisions and whose performance improves when exposed to more and more data. It's an iterative process. The inner ring represents the deep learning and it uses many layers of neural networks to build algorithms and to find the best way to perform tasks on their own based on those sets of data inputs, Kevin. So AI is also defined as being responsive, decisive, adaptive, and independent. So responsive AI can engage in interaction from, from humans or other machines, interpreting meaning and then formulating an appropriate response. Decisive AI can actually interpret supplied information and start taking appropriate actions to achieve those mandated goals. Adaptive AI can start internalizing information and adjust its behavior accordingly to maximize effectiveness. And importantly, and lastly, independent AI can actually conduct most of its decision-making processes without the need for human input. So that's the deepest form um, with, with really deep understanding of, of all of the previous elements and, and data inputs. So as with anything, there's advantages and disadvantages. So, so the advantages of AI, it's good at detail-oriented jobs, it reduces time for, for heavy tasks 
It can take data and quickly turn it into actionable information and insights much faster and more accurately than any human being possible. Uh, it delivers consistent results, important for for every business. And, and AI-powered virtual agents are always available in the form of chatbots, the most simple definition of that. The disadvantages, Kevin, is it's obviously expensive to process large amounts of data and AI programs require that, so it's definitely going to inhibit it until that aspect of the industry finds a, a, a cheaper cost to deliver. It requires deep technical expertise with limited supply of qualified workers available. However, that is an area of, of career development that's growing quite rapidly. And AI only knows what has been shown. It lacks the ability to generalize from one task to the other, which in itself is probably a good thing. So can also be categorized as weak or strong. Weak or narrow AI is a system that's designed and trained to complete specific tasks only, like those deployed in industrial robots and virtual personal assistants, such as the likes of, of Apple Siri. Strong AI, on the other hand, um, is, is known as artificial general intelligence, and it describes programming that can actually replicate the cognitive abilities of the human brain. Um, and when presented with an unfamiliar task, a strong AI system can use some fuzzy logic, which, which it applies the degrees of truth to actually start applying knowledge from one domain to another to find a solution. Yeah, and that's the, the key takeaway points from last week's conversation, Kevin. Yeah, Craig, I think what's interesting about it is, you know, uh, being a marketing show and and touching on topics like this, a lot, a lot of people might think like, well, well, what's AI actually got to do with what we're talking about here? But I think it's, you know, it's a strong consideration for, for where the world is evolving to, right? And I mean, there's a new Netflix show on, on Netflix. Um, I forget the name now, but it's a new sci-fi sort of experience. And they actually have a, a, a sort of a hologrammed intelligence on, on this spaceship. Um, and what's interesting is um, the story is written around how the AI actually starts emulating and understanding um, what feelings and emotions are like, you know, engaging with humans, which I thought was like a really interesting concept. We, you know, eventually AI could potentially emulate and sort of, copy uh, understanding what human emotions are going through very much so and and i like the fact that you've actually touched on human emotions because as we go into to today's conversation you're going to get a sense of some of that in, in in a couple of the areas that i picked up on but but most definitely some of the detail we picked up on last week is really demonstrates the value that ai can bring into the communications world and marketing world and and through understanding those behavioral aspects the human intelligence the human emotions some predictive analysis can come to play to to bring and pair brands and solutions to humans based on their previous behavior and association with brands the the areas that that they're engaging in online um, really just you know sweeping the whole digital world to find cues and clues to start formulating real purpose conversation components and 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 start the dialogue with, with humans via AI. Yeah, great. So so moving on from those insights, um, what are we chatting about today? Yeah, Kevin. So I want to take a deeper look at one of the areas evolving out of AI and and get to understand how this is impacting on our lives and it. it pairs in nicely with the point you've just made. And the area in question here is that of robotics and the impact of robots on the retail sector. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm really excited about the, the discussion and can't actually wait, uh, you know, like how, how long it will be before I can send a robot to do all my shopping <laughs> while I spend some time doing what I want to do. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's that's a very good point. There, there are many of us who, you know, can we strip out those menial tasks out of our lives and get, you know, get the machines to do it for us while we actually do something more purposeful, whether it's, you know, improving our knowledge, taking a break, improving our fitness and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to start by looking at some of the definitions as usual. Um, so, and this is what I found again, you know, a broad range of, of, of uh, deep insights on this. So, so robots, especially in science fiction, probably around the, the movie you're just talking about. Um, robots, machine learning, resembling a human being and able to replicate certain human movements and functionality automatically. A robot is a machine, especially one programmable by a computer, capable of carrying out complex series of actions automatically. A robot can be guided by an external control device or the control may be embedded within it. Robots may be constructed to evoke human form, but most robots are task-performing machines designed with an emphasis on stark functionality uh, rather than expressive aesthetics, and that that particular definition from from Wikipedia. And as you can see, you know the the very uh, granular task-oriented uh, uh, behavioral aspects, and much of that being in the likes of automotive production and things like that. Finally, robots can be autonomous. Um, having the freedom to give uh, or govern self-control um, or semi-autonomous, acting independently to some degree, denoting uh, or performed by a device that is capable to some extent of operating without human control. So it can move from that fairly rigorous, systematic, autonomous process of making vehicles and packing shelves and turning burgers to actually becoming a more participative conversationist in, 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 in the being. And we're going to definitely touch on some of that. Great. So, I mean, I think that's, all, you know, one of the biggest questions that we want to know is can robots replace human beings in the workplace? And I think <laughs> some people are worried about it. Uh, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a good thing. I think there's so many jobs that, you know, that we should replace. Kevin, absolutely. So, yeah, we have touched on some of this before because it's it's a real burning issue. Um, and in short, yes, robots or machines can and absolutely will replace human beings, but only in certain jobs. You know, we also learned that in many instances, there'll be an equal number of opportunities for jobs to be done by people for every job taken over by, by machines. And in many cases, humans and machines will find themselves in some kind of symbiotic relationship helping each other to do best for each other as well, which is an important point. And I don't know if you remember last week, we spoke about AI, autonomous or semi-autonomous, um, where the, 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 the adaptation of AI eliminated one million jobs in the conversation in question, but at the same time, it opened an opportunity to create 1.2 million jobs, but obviously indirectly through different kinds of, of, of job roles that are being uh, developed around the, the birthing of, of AR. So a few of the job titles um, are the likes of AR, AR programmers, uh, data and security analysts, robot manufacturers, technicians, and, and some of these jobs definitely will be of the creative type as well. Um, this nullifies the point actually that that automation will destroy net job growth. So whilst taking over, it definitely will create opportunities and there should be a net of balance 
or, or at least an increase in new job, jobs being created with new titles in the future. So, but in closing on that point, Kevin, it's worth remembering that, that robots lack creativity, they lack empathy, communication skills, strategic thinking, common sense and decision making ability. And all of these are, are key, key skills that humans possess. So at least, you know, we're, we're on the safe side of being uh, usurped for a period of time, at least. Great, but uh, like uh, as you're talking about, you know the things that 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 AI will be able to. I just think of you know the the uh, the presupposition of NLP that speaks of the law the law of requisite variety. I think I've mentioned it before. Yeah. With the, the you know the state, the system, and person with the most mm-hmm. flexibility of behavior will control the system. And you know when you consider that, you know as humans, and it's currently it's what I use in a lot of training, a lot of leadership. Um, you know, how capable and flexible and agile are you within the system that you're working in? Um, and how adaptable are you as, as, as a person, you know, within that environment? Because if you're not, you know, um, you might get stuck, you might be frustrated. So you, you know, we have to learn that skill as a, as a skill as well. Absolutely, Kevin. And, and it's vitally important to have those rigid frameworks in place because the the flexibility of behavior within that is is great but but when you get to to either end the the consequence could be quite disastrous um and that in itself is an opportunity where possibly there are some new jobs to be created where you know there's training around behavior and relationships with ai there's training around the extent of writing good ai versus writing bad ai and 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 the likes um but yes it's it's a it's a very big black hole at the moment and um there's a lot of work to be done to 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 really get it in place and and well contained so getting back to the main topic of conversation what do we know about the the impacts of robots in retail so Kevin, yeah, as as with the topic of AI, there's a huge amount on on this topic, and um, I must tell you, it's 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 a topic that's gained a lot of interest and relevance, particularly during COVID pandemic, because there was a need to to really replace some human intervention in in certain instances. So I want to open the conversation by referencing an article titled "Robots in Retail: Driving Innovation One Aisle at a Time," and was published to W sn.com so the article provided five key insights on the topic and was written by tamros mondel the the subject matter expert in retail and consumer price goods so the, the article started off delivering three key points that first one being that robots are rapidly becoming the first customer touch point in retail outlets uh, robots can drive innovation and be infused into every stage of the retail value chain to fuel sustainable growth and lastly artificial intelligence, analytics, and machine learning combined with robots can actually drive enhanced customer engagement and and, and really take it to the next level. So according to to Boston Consulting Group, it's always good to have some some facts here, the global robotics market is estimated to reach 87 US, 87 billion US dollars by 2025. Um, yeah, and and it's it's believed that more of that spent and 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 development investment will actually be allocated to the retail market. 
Yeah. It's not necessarily surprising though, Kevin, because firstly, retail has always been an early adopter of, of advanced technologies. And secondly, automation is, is not a new phenomenon to the industry. But what's on the increase though is the pressure on, on one component, that being the warehousing and fa factory automation to, to innovate. And especially against um, the, the, the challenge from, from e-commerce e first retailers that have started to make huge investments in robotics. I mentioned the article addresses five other key insights. These are listed as robots and uh, robots across the retail value chain, boosting productivity in logistics and supply chain, bringing intelligence to merchandising and store operations, strategizing for enhanced customer experience, probably one of the most important points, and robotic customer touch points, a nice segue out of, of the customer experience proposition. So let me give you some, some detail for each of those five points. Starting with the, the robots across the retail value chain uh, component, Kevin, we learned that from a logistics and supply chain point of view, two back operations, store operations, merchandising, sales, and marketing to customer facing experience, robotics can and is driving innovation, and it is helping to boost bottom line outcomes. We also note that the e-commerce retailers are definitely developing their systems that are personalized for customers at the front end, and and for the users at the back end and the users obviously being the entire supply chain as well as the logistics and delivery components um, robots can also play a game-changing role in many areas of these operations from including the likes of welcoming customers um, minimizing negative experiences in store achieving zero defect logistics um, product picking and delivery and and managing across the customer path observation and analysis and being able to feed this back into the organization for continuous improvement and 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 delivery the second point that the article addresses is, is the boosting of productivity and logistics and supply and whilst the investment is is very much in that space we, we're going to continue seeing uh, absolute large-scale enhancement there yeah, we learned that the robotics have impacted positively on, on distribution center operations through speed and accuracy of order picking. Um, and a good example here is, is obviously the brand we all know, Amazon, where, where Amazon has stated that its operating costs have come down 20% through the development of systematic and, and sophisticated robotics. And, you know, if you look at the scale of the spend in the Amazon space, saving 20% is, is a huge uh, a benefit to the bottom line there. A new generation of robots and automation tools and technologies are also helping achieve a high productivity through zero defect logistics processes. And, and the, re the use of robots in the logistics and supply chain is enabling retailers to achieve huge savings from, from stockout shortages and losses and managing shrinkage due to admin errors as well. And really it, it's very much helping the on-demand management process of productivity as well. It also offers retailers the flexibility to move their sales personnel to functions that will drive higher sales, um, and a, a point that we picked up on last week. So take human deployment into areas where the business needs that human engagement and that's very much more in the face-to-face person-to-person kind of capability as well and where the 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 creative and collective uh, thinking needs to happen Craig, what's interesting is um you know just listening to all of this i i've recently been on one of the programs where uh they were speaking about data and the importance of data and 
um, they were the, the the speaker at the on on this program was mentioning how just because of facial recognition, retailers are actually sort of picking up who is arriving at stores. I don't think it's happening in South Africa, but it is happening in the world, where because the you know the retailer or the the data that they're collecting from people arriving at stores, they know what who this person is they because of facial recognition yes they yes. also connect that to you know swiping what these people are buying at the store um and because of that they are using social media to kind of drive more product you know yes. Yes. so like when you listen to all how how ai is really being integrated into into how we buy anything and how sort of our our um, where we spend our money on a on a day to day basis, it's it's interesting to see how it's really uh, it's it's part of what we do. It's part of our our lives already. And, absolutely, and I think you know some of the, the 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 key value drivers coming out of the management of supply and logistics side as well. Kevin is when 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 there's a reduction in shrinkage, when there's absolute clarity and understanding uh, productivity and manufacture to meet demand. Um, you're not pricing into the final product for loss, for all of these other extraneous components that that happen in in the existence of a business. So, just managing the costs and the capability is 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 really paramount. And you know, you can pass that net cost saving onto a consumer, or not have a price increase the following year through being able to start bringing this perfection of managing the business uh, in real time to meet customer demand as well. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So so the third point addresses bringing intelligence to merchandising and store operations, and it talks very much to, the, to part of what, what you've just noted. So here we note that, that robots are, are being migrated from their proven role in, in warehouse backends to new roles actually on the retail floor, Kevin. Um, and, and embedding AI in them will allow retailers to fundamentally improve the customer experience journey. And how? Because simple sensor-based robots can actually bring customers what they're looking for um, and AI-led robots can actually start providing personalized product recommendations to customers. So again, through those inputs of data, understanding consumer behavior, understanding uh, a previous shopper behavior, those inputs then can start formulating a, a range of recommendations based on, 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 on the customer's uh, queries and inquiries. Um, the, the data plays an important role as the robot's advice is informed by the analysis insights gained by combining customer data like age, demographics, geographic location, and their previous history. And, and, and geo is, is an important one because certain shops will actually offer certain products in certain geographic regions that aren't necessarily in other regions as well. Um, robots can be pre-programmed to chat with customers, interesting point here, and answer their questions and give, give directions in store. And a great learning is, is AI also enables these robots to use the tone of the customer's voice to assess whether they're happy or sad in a point that you made earlier. And, and on the back of that can actually have a, a series of pre-programmed responses in place to mitigate any negativity uh, on, on the back of that, or actually to you know, reward a customer that's in a, in a more happy space. So some of the in, direct in-store benefits here, Kevin, is that robots can actually use their arms to pick up merchandise that customers choose online. They can go through the store, they know where it is. Customers 
you know, engaging through a digital interface and, and, and the robot can physically collect that. They can also help uh, a retailer save on store space by, by shelving merchandise vertically. And again, this is a really great thing that we spoke about previously. I believe that, you know, the, the front end of, of high value retail really should be reduced in size and the back end of retail should be warehousing distribution, rental rates, where, where the robots can actually start selecting and picking and bringing that product into the store. And just imagine, you know, the, the, the traditional development of malls in the country could be a third smaller at the higher rentals and two thirds bigger, where the back end is now manufacture production and or storage, as opposed to that, that high end retail uh, rental cost. Um, yeah. Customers can also, um, uh, order and pay pay for what they pick up before leaving the dressing room all through through the interface with, with the robot given. The fourth point here is is strategizing for enhanced customer experience and a hugely important component of, of retail success. So an example of this capability is the order and pay app by Starbucks. We speak about it quite often here where self-service robotic systems enhances the customer experience. You can be driving to the store, put your pre-order in, anticipate the time of arrival, have your payment gateway ready, arrive, pick up and, and off you go, all managed through AI and robotics. Another example also includes the self-checkout service self-scanning and, and and mobile shopping in retails as well. And as you as you mentioned earlier, Kevin, you know, data, big data really plays a key role here with many organizations actually starting to rethink how they enhance their customer behavior analysis to to identify more of those actual insights and and engagement touch points there. Dedicated marketing intelligence departments are starting to process those huge amounts of data and, and they're starting to adopt the Internet of Things behavior, um, picking up 3D sensors in, 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 in customer in-store journeys. You know, one of the, the, the traditional areas there is a sensor on a, a hanger on the shelf, knowing that that hanger is the one that's been connected, knowing the next one based on color, based on shape, based on pattern, based on size, and starting to formulate that information and, and through the digital interfaces, starting to assign that to a particular uh, user in-store. The, the probabilities and statistics can then create the models for much more in-depth and, and better engagement, connecting with end customers, leading to higher heightened and wow experiences, uh, automation and, and efficient, effective follow-up processes, and pro proactive recognition and, and correction of customer issues. Now, you know, just imagine when, when you start having facial recognition in a robot and it starts building a relationship with the same visitor, um, knowing that individual, starting to engage that individual by name in a personal capacity as well, phenomenal. The, the sensory features also analyze customer accounts in store and they can track in-store movements and they can establish the behavior and where the hotspots of engagement in store as well and what are those particular products that are having greater affinity with, with uh, customers as well. And then retailers can use augmented or virtual reality to actually immerse consumers in a full environment for a more engaging and exciting experience. And VR is something that, you know, we've spoken about uh, AR and VR uh, uh, quite quite a bit previously. Um, to quote from the article, Kevin, as the digital revolution in retail gathers steam, robotics, Internet of Things, AI and big data are the intersecting to personal customer intersection to personal customer experiences Retailers can then use technologies to ingest this information into an in-store and out-of-store promotional activity 
and and uh, optimize their the best product assortment for that particular person in in that particular environment at any one time. Craig, I mean, I, I don't know if you know this. Have you have you seen that F and B has already started using AI? Or, so you don't you know, when you when you phone. I was on the phone yesterday with him, and the the computer actually says to you, "Please tell me what it is I can assist you with." Um, and it listens to what it is you're saying uh, and then directs you to a channel. So it's not that choose this, choose one for this and choose, you know, it's, it, they've already started using it with, uh, at, at F&B. Um, it's uh, that's, fantastic. that's fantastic. I haven't yet experienced that. Fortunately, I'm not phoning F&B to moan too much. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the, but, but that's really great to hear because I hate the, Click six to go here. Click seven to go. Then basically they all lead you to the same endpoint, and and it's a really disastrous experience. And you know the medical aid companies are are, are really um, good at that negative experience. So I'm definitely going to try that out. I love to be able to talk into the environment and be directed to somebody who's actually going to respond back in voice again with me as well. Yeah, and I think one of, one of the things is you know. They, they might still be in, in development, but it's really great to know that, that there's a bank who's wanting to have a conversation mm. as opposed to a typed bot, uh, static, step-by-step kind of engagement. That's really great to know. Yeah. The, the fifth and final point, Kevin, that, that the article addresses is robotic customer touch points. And, you know, this may actually play straight into what, what you've just described from, from an FMB bank point of view. So some of these would, would be innovative applications like welcome robots, robots that track and monitor and analyze customer journeys, and operational front-facing robots that are actually in store. Um, robotics in retail has evolved to include, in fact, here it is, I mentioned it earlier on, facial and voice recognition features. So being able to start building that personal relationship, even though it was with a, a mechanical device or an algorithm in store. And the opportunities here are, are that we can demonstrate complex thinking and reactions that require a high degree of intuitive or creative skills. So whilst we do own our creative thinking, there, there, there is very much an evolution into robotics beginning to understand the, the creative skill parameters. So to end this section, Kevin, um, I wanna quote from the article's closing paragraph. And it's, it's a really great statement. It says, while robots in retail are still a novelty, their rising adoption and evolving sophistication will make them ubiquitous in the future. For customers, the increasing presence of helpful robots in store will translate to hassle-free personalized shopping experiences. Retailers can then capitalize on the rise of robots to realize improved productivity, cut costs, enhance the customer experience and boost profits. Robots, when combined with digital technologies such as analytics, AI, and machine learning, have the potential to drive transformation across the retail value chain, and that transformation will materialize sooner than we think. That's a fact. Yeah, Craig, and and as you mentioned, you know the fact that it's still it still might be a new uh, uh, kind of thing for for especially for South Africa, but. Um, the fact that you know it's already starting to to happen the fact that we're bringing awareness to it in this conversation yeah i, I i'm looking forward to what the future has and and <laughs> the potential of that but, i mean yeah, you and i both <laughs> you mentioned in the past that the ai and the robotics has application in other industries as well can you provide examples 
for us uh, to the listeners about that. Yeah, Kevin, absolutely. Um, one one of the other key areas is is very much in the hospitality industry, um, and and I think that is is very much born out of the likes of COVID actually influencing the fact that there are certain areas where we need to eliminate a lot more human to human face to face contact. Um, whilst not compromising the experience in any way whatsoever. So referencing an article titled Eight Examples of Robots Being Used in Hospitality Industry, published to revfine.com, which is a knowledge portal for the hospitality and travel industry, we learn the following. The use of robots within the industry is becoming more commonplace, with the users ranging from artificial intelligence chatbots designed to assist with the customer service process through to robots assistance being deployed to improve guest experience in a hotel. And, and Kevin, that can be from door greeters, meter greeters, taking baggage to, to, to suites and rooms and things like that. So other, other examples include chatbots that allow a hotel or travel company to provide 24-7 support through online chats and instant messaging services, particularly when staff are not available and then being able to push you through to to a member of staff when when they are available and and at least you know part of your your query or inquiry has 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 already been addressed robots can be used during checking processes they can speed up the in process entire process um, and this this definitely can help reduce congestion particularly in high demand areas of 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 the industry and in some instances um yeah they, they are digital concierges as i mentioned earlier but going back to the article i just want to pick up on on some of the other examples listed in a bit more detail it's a great example, which, which is the world's first robot-staffed hotel. Um, it's situated in Nagasaki in Japan. Um, the, the Hena Hotel became the first hotel in the world, Kevin, to be staffed entirely by robots. Um, the robots are de deployed throughout the hotel and they provide information. Provide information. They manage the front uh, check-in desk services. They manage the storage services. Um, they manage your checkout service as well. And um, they've got embedded uh, voice and facial recognition technology. So they can actually start understanding repeat visitors to the hotels as well. Greg, I, just as you mentioned, as you're talking about it now, I, I don't know how I feel about not having a human being at the hotel. I'm kind of like, when you go to a hotel, you're expecting that that engagement, that that feeling of someone's taking care of you, you know, like that, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, especially when you go on holiday, you know, you kind of go, okay, cool. So like you're at the at the pool or having a cocktail and there's human engagement. If I like, if you went to a hotel, there was just robots that I like, even the sense of quietness that there would be, they'd be like, almost like <laughs> silence. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that appeals to me. <laughs> like, would you? Would you go and do that? Would you? Would you do that? I, I. I. have to admit. I. I want to experience it at least once to understand it. Um. And yeah. and and you know, get to to experience whether it's a total alienation kind of feeling for me, or if it's something <laughs> yeah. that is just in many ways streamlining the process and giving me more peace of mind and more of my own time. Um. I. I definitely would like to experience it and and formulate an opinion on, on on that end but the one thing is i do agree is there's always a sense of human connection that i believe is important in in our existence whether yeah. whether you're in the retail store or at a hotel 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second point here is is the Hilton robot concierge named Connie. So Hilton Group have developed uh, Connie, the robot concierge, and uh, they make use of artificial intelligence um, in the platform developed by IBM. And, and as we know, you know, IBM is doing deep thinking into this space. Um, and and Connie is able to interact with guests and respond to their questions. Um, it's got really, really strong speech recognition capability, and the system also learns and adapts with each of the interactions and improves the answers as, as, as it evolves and more of the data is, is inputted. The, the third point here is, is a robot suitcase called Travelmate. Um, Travelmate is an autonomous suitcase which is able to follow you on its own, and it makes uh, use of anti-collision technology that is a 360 degree turning capability as well, and it eliminates the need for carrying, pulling, or being pushed around. So, yeah, when when you're an active businessman and you're cruising through airport after airport and hotel lobby after hotel lobby, that's that's a great, um, you know, yeah. great device to be following on behind you. Uh, the fourth point here is a robot for travel agencies. Um, yeah, they're they, they definitely being used to pre-qualify customers during busy periods, find out what the customer's needs are, uh, preference stack them and then pass them on to, to the final conclusion of, of resolving their needs or questions with, with a human when, when they're able to, to do that. Um, the fifth point is, is a chatbot to make your flight or hotel booking. So apart from just, you know, having it as a pre-call in, in, in a travel agency is actually to have a total online booking management system delivered by, by chatbot uh, from, from literally from flight bookings to hotel bookings to, to, to car bookings to, to restaurant bookings. An important point is, is the sixth point, Kevin, which is security for, for airports. A really great one here where airport security is one of the most important areas of the new technology is deployed, including actual robots, not just algorithms and AI. An important example is, is the night scopes that, that robots are being fitted with, which can actually detect concealed weapons in the form of you know, x-ray capability, and it can help keep passengers safe uh, during their flights as well. And in closing on this point, Kevin, I, I, I definitely want to mention a few other examples outside of the travel industry where, where AI and robotics are used. These include the lines of the airline industry, Unexpected airline maintenance can delay flights, uh, not only because of sudden need to make repairs, but also for required part or components not in hand. Inventory management is important in that regard. Using the Internet of Things approach to, to aircraft maintenance would mean better inventory management, parts of supplies, and, and potentially the capability for aircraft itself to signal a need for repair or replacement before the plane is taken off and, and is out of service. And, you know, a brand that really absolutely understood this many years ago already is is the caterpillar brand where you know where where the 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 yellow machinery is working in the deepest components of the amazon forest or out in 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 really remote villages around the world telematics were able to calculate the number of turns of a turbine or ignition or whatever it may be and actually would send the sensor back to mothership to state that you know it's it's getting ready for service time it's getting ready for component replacement time and they could then have a a, a scheduled um replacement or service program to these remote areas in in a well-managed um in 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 a well-managed way per se 
In the real estate industry, it's quite interesting where autonomous robot cleaners can actually now start going into spaces, whether it's offices, hotels, airports, retail malls, etc. as well, Kevin. So, so whilst we do see AI and robotic applications across many industries, the big opportunity still remains in the retail sector. And, and this is reaffirmed in a quote from, from an article titled, What Robots Can Do for Retail, which was published on, on 1 October 2020 by Ben uh, Forgan, who's the co-founder of Hologram, uh, a global OIT connectivity platform. The, the quote is, as product cycles speed up, retailers will need to become even more agile in identifying micro-trends in consumer behavior to produce, distribute, and the supply of goods and services that customers want right now. The key to all of this may well be a robot roaming freely, bringing data from the consumer touchpoint into the stall eye, into the data management system, and into the cloud. Craig, I'm like, if, if AI could help you buy a house quicker, <laughs> that would help. <laughs> you know, like the, the process of having go through and getting all of that done in just buying a house is like, uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to the AI helping us do that faster. <laughs> yeah. So, so Kevin, you know, we, we don't yet have any uh, um, real estate agents utilizing AR or VR because, you know, there's that company in Australia that we spoke about a little while ago when we touched on the augmented reality conversation where you could literally drive by a house, point your phone at the house, at the, at the sale board outside, all of the base information around the house, the neighborhood, the environment, the rates and taxes and levies, nearest schools and all the rest actually come to you and when you do engage with it there is a total online application process where you start engaging with chatbots and 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 ai driven capabilities so yeah something that that definitely has room for development in this country but it 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 really has been well proven in in a an australian application i, I do know that there's virtual walkarounds now that we you can do that that's yes. really cool so you um, you can literally walk through a house using just just hopping on. And I think it's available on Property24 or something like that, that you can yes. actually go and check it out, the house, and you literally get to walk through the entire house, which is really cool. Um, but, I mean, Craig, as we wrap up today's conversation, like uh, what, are we, what are the wrap-up points for the listeners we've got today? Kevin, so, yeah, I want to close by referencing a, a great article from Gartner, and Gartner is a significantly important technology research and consulting firm, and it's definitely one of my, my favorite go-to sources um, for industry updates and learning. So the report's titled Market Guide for Smart Robots in Retail, and it was published to, to Grey Orange, a, a really interesting uh, um, platform as well, in as recent as, as September this year, uh, Grey Orange is a leading tech company that actually automates warehouse fulfillment through the combination of AR software and autonomous robots to deliver high yield fulfillment. So, so really a great, great source of, 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 of input there. The report was, was published by Gartner analyst Kelsey Marion. Uh, the first time she reported, uh, at least published report, was on the 24th of June. And the report covers the expanding role of smart robots in retail as labor shortages persist against the backdrop of rising consumer demand. Some of the key findings are as follows. The critical need to optimize costs due to labor shortages and minimum wage increases is driving continued rate 
uh, retailer interest in investment in smart robots throughout 2021. And this is a bit of a catch-22 where obviously, you know, is, is the retail industry paying optimum wage? If it is, are the demands on, on higher wages unfair? And is the replacement of human by robots in that environment a fair point either as well? Yeah. Frontline associate uh, engagement and retention to top priorities for retailers, making the smart robots ability to efficiently perform repetitive operational tasks as a fun- fundamental requirement in, in, in the digital workplace environment. Smart robots enable real-time data capture and analysis essential for that unified commerce execution. The critical thing here is, is the data must be connected from store to back office systems to actually realize the full potential because if you're not bringing the two components of analysis together, you're not going to enhance the, the customer experience downstream. Um, there needs to be continued investment in, in smart robot technology. This will help further optimize costs while release, releasing human resources to, to more revenue generating roles. As we said earlier, you know, do we take them away from the mundane repetitive kind of roles to, to much more value adding uh, front, front end roles as well, Kevin? Um, pilots and implementation of smart robots in physical stores and warehouse environments are definitely a key priority for, for the next year and, and gaining attention both from retailers and customers. Smart robots can be added incrementally and deliver significant value without large-scale development or disruption and therefore delivering a significant return on investment. The retailers are scaling up smart robots to support flexibility and labor optimization in physical stores for unified uh, commerce execution. I think another good expansion on this point here is that in the likes of the the work from home scenario or limited time in in the formal corporate work work environment, what what roles can robots start taking on to close the gap of staff that are not there at that time and, and allow more flexibility for humans needing to have to go into, into the, the work environment as well. Yeah. So in closing, Kevin Gartner defines smart robots as electromechanical form factors that work autonomously in the physical world. Smart robots lean in sh- learn, I should say, sorry, in short-term intervals from human supervised training and demonstrations or by their supervised experiences on the job. They sense environmental conditions and recognize and solve problems. Some can interact with humans using voice language, while some have specialized mobile functions used in warehouse for delivery. Due to advanced sensory and intelligence capabilities, some smart robots may work alongside human beings. That's a wrap of the points from my side. Fantastic, Greg. And such interesting uh, conversation around uh, AI. Guys, if you want to check it out, it happens every Thursday right here on ebizradio.com. And uh, Craig always gives us uh, something really interesting to think about in terms of how the world is evolving around uh, (laughs) what we're doing. So, like, I find it really fascinating. Craig, so like, uh, what are we what are we lined up for next week? Yeah, Kevin, um, I want to address the topic of diversity and representation in in business. Um, you know, and, and a rather tongue in cheek comment here. And in this instance, robots are definitely excluded from the solution. <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> Craig. Thank you so much. Thanks for for uh, today's chat. Uh, and uh, that's the lunchtime marketing segment every Thursday at twelve on ebusradio.com. I'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Craig. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. Good to chat. Cheers.